We turn now again for a third time to Philippians 4, 10 to 13. And I said last time that we were going to try to figure out what Paul meant when he said, I have learned, learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So that's our focus in this and the next session is, what has he learned? What's the secret? What's the know-how? What's the can-do? Because all of us want this Christ-exalting kind of contentment that Paul seems to be able to have when things are uh, terrible, miserable, and when things are wonderful. Most of us feel contentment when things are wonderful and miserable when things are miserable, and Paul had broken through to some secret. So, Father, as we tackle this, I pray that this text would begin to work the miracle in us of this secret, this learning, this know-how, this can-do, that we would become like Paul and like Jesus in this regard. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's, let's read it. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. So they had sent him gifts by the hand of Epaphroditus, and he was thrilled and rejoicing. You And then he wants to make sure they don't misunderstand. He said, you were indeed concerned. It's not like the fact that you hadn't sent them for some time meant you weren't concerned. You just had no opportunity. And then he wants another correction. He doesn't want them to think that he's speaking out of money love craving. Finally, they have sent some money to me because I love money. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He's speaking this joy out of joy. He's not speaking this joy here out of a misery that finally their worldly goods have made up for so he can finally be happy again. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So, how will we find out what the secret is that he's learned, or what he has learned, or what this know-how is and this this can do? And I'm going to do it, I think, in five steps, maybe four and two of them in this session. So first thing I notice in trying to answer the question of what's the can-do, what's the know-how, what's the learning in the secret, is this. I can do all things through Him, through Him, through Him, through Him who strengthens me. So there's the first clue of what has to be learned, what the know-how is and the secret It is through Christ strengthening Paul that he is able to be content when things are low and when things are abounding. There's the first clue. It is through Christ. So let's step back and realize this is not an isolated 
statement. This is running right through Paul's way of living the Christian life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For example, in Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. What amazing thing it is to learn that secret. Or 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Him who has given me strength Christ Jesus, our Lord, he gave Paul strength. Or 2 Timothy 2.1, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, made strong by grace in Christ. Or 2 Timothy 4.17, the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear. The Lord stood by and made him strong. So, when he says, I have learned something. I know how to do something. I have a secret. The secret yields contentment in the worst and best of times. The first clue is, it is through Christ and Christ's strength, which last time we made clear does not always produce abundance, but gives strength for need. It doesn't always produce plenty. It gives strength for hungering. So many times we read this and we think, oh, yes, I can triumph in that I never have to hunger. I never have to need. I never have to be brought low. No, no, no. This strength is for being brought low. This strength is for being in need. This strength is for facing Hunger, even death, I would argue, as Paul said back in chapter 1, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So that's my first clue. Look to Christ for this. Now here's, here's the second observation. I put the Greek for contentment here because even, well, I guess you can't see the letters, but if I used English letters, you could see A-U-T, auto, like automatic, self. This is, this is a self-meaning. And then arches, A-R-K-E-S, you could say in, in English, arches, like archangel. This word is self-rule, self-rule, which sounds very unchristian. <laughs> it sounds stoic. It sounds like a worldly approach to contentment. Just learn to rule yourself, right? So that when you are brought low, you say to yourself, no, think positively. And the power of positive thinking will give you this contentment. Same with hunger. Same with need. Self, yes, amen, control. That's the way the world would do it. So why in the world does Paul use a word like that? That's taken straight out of, of Greek philosophy for self-rule, the Stoics, self-rule. He does it, I think, to make clear a mystery, a secret. He turns this word on its head precisely here. I can do, I, 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 autos, I can do it all 
through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not independent. I'm not self-sufficient. I'm using a self-sufficient word here, and I'm blowing it up by saying, no, I'm Christianizing this word and showing that it is through Christ that I have the self-rule. So it's really not self-rule then, is it? Well, is it? (laughs) Yes and no, right? I act the miracle. Christ creates it. So I do experience this, right? It is my contentment. I'm the one who has a soul. I'm the one who has to experience the overcoming of anxieties. It is my experience. I do things consciously in my head and in my mind. When I learn things, I do things that pursue this. But I am taught it is through Christ who strengthens me. Now, let me illustrate that this is profoundly pervasive in Paul's thinking. Do you remember the fruits of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit, this is Galatians 5, 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. What? Self-control? Wait a minute. I thought it was the fruit of the Spirit. Is it the fruit of the Spirit or is it self-control? Have you ever stumbled over that? I've stumbled over it many times thinking, wait a minute, Paul, why do you call self-control a fruit of the Spirit? It's exactly the same thing that's happening in Philippians 4. Here's the, here's the Greek word, krataia, power or might, and en, power in or power over. So this is a word for power in my soul. I get power. And this, this too, this word was common in Greek philosophy for overcoming sexual urges. You don't have to be a Christian to overcome sexual urges, right? And so Paul is taking a word from the culture which emphasizes self-control, and he's making it a work of the Spirit. Remarkable. And here it is in Philippians chapter 2. My beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. Oh, really? Paul, is that what you, do you mean I, I work out, I produce, I effect with fear and trembling for God is the one. It is God. It is God who is at work in you, both to will. You think you're willing and to work. You think you're working? It is God who's working. So you, you act the miracle of your salvation. God creates it. And therein lies a secret. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content, not because it doesn't involve anything I do. I have learned a secret Not because it doesn't involve my experience and my pursuit and my efforts and my straining and my prayer and my longing and my putting to death sins and anxieties in my life. No, it does. It does. Autarkeia. Self-sufficiency. I experience it, but it is through him and his strength and his grace alone that I'm able to do such a thing. Now, why? 
would that matter so much? Here's, here's Paul saying it in crystal clear words in 1 Corinthians 15. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace toward me was not in vain, but on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. I worked, I worked, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. There's the secret. Or why? First Peter 4.11, whoever serves, let him do it as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Who serves? I serve. One who serves, I serve in the strength that God supplies. Why does this matter? In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So summarize these first two steps in trying to answer the question, what's the secret? What has he learned? The first step is, it's all through Christ. He does the strengthening. First step in getting this contentment is, Look to Christ, cry to Christ, turn to Christ, cleave to Christ. And then the second step was to notice the Greek word for contentment, autarkes, which has this self in it, which means it's not so simple. It's not like you stay in bed and God lives your day for you. It's not like you keep your Bible closed and God does your Bible reading for you. It's not like you keep your mouth shut and God does the praying for you. It's not like you don't kill any sin in your life and God does all the killing for you while you just stand and do nothing. No, 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 no. The Christian life is a heavy-duty, involved life of the autos, of the self. I have learned. I have learned. I know how. So we move now next time to three more steps in defining what's the secret how do we pursue this? Everything hangs on this. This is the contentment out of which everything flows in the Christian life.